Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Wake up! The Early Line. Line up, All right, here we go. It is that time. It's March, people. Believe that. Monday, March 2nd, the year is 2020. Welcome in. It is a, another edition of the Early Line here. It is The Grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri, joined by Jared Smith here as we look to get you caught up with everything that happened over the weekend in the world of sports. Plus, take a look ahead today to what is uh, 11 college basketball games only two of them three of them maybe that you've heard of the rest of them unless you're following grambling or howard i doubt that very much um, you are waiting for the conference tournaments this week and outside of the big five obviously the power five people don't realize there's you know well over 30 uh conferences around the country most of that will start uh tuesday in fact tomorrow so we'll give you a rundown on that get you caught up with the conference tournaments that are getting going saturday in college basketball was uh, was all about the contrarian better congratulations if you were uh, if you were going against the grain and saw who the public was betting and said yeah no they're going left i'm going to go right very profitable day yesterday some mixed results there but for the most part very interesting day in uh, well weekend for that matter in uh, in college hoops XFL also week four now in the books, and I believe there are no more undefeated teams uh, in. And boy, oh boy, is home field advantage playing a big, big role in what the XFL is all about. So we'll break those games down. Honda Classic, a 400 to one shot, finished second. So just to let you guys know that, we also explained that one to you last week. So it's a, it's usually a dude from the clouds and. Yep, Canadian kid uh, Hughes, 400 to 1 to start that tournament off. Uh, so there was some money to be made all across the betting landscape, not to mention, of course, the association, which once again proved who the king is, that mm. being yesterday, and uh, LeBron James and company. And the Lakers saying, Giannis, who? I don't really care. Even though Giannis was like, oh, really? You think you're the only one? Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win 70 games, people. They're going to do it with their eyes closed. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see if they can do it tonight, though. they got a pretty big matchup here tonight against the Miami Heat. There are seven total games in the NBA. We will break down each and every one of them for you coming up over the next hour and 53 minutes. But first, let's check in with Dan Strafford so he can get you caught up with all the headlines from overnight in the world of sports you're on the grid well joe as you were discussing sunday was fun day for some of the top stars in the nba Giannis and teddy 41 points 20 rebounds six assists a steal did have three turnovers just 35 minutes of play as the milwaukee bucks beat the charlotte hornets 93 to 85 he shot 17 of 28 from the field did hit one three-pointer out of four attempts lebron james as you pointed out 34 points 12 rebounds 13 assists two steals as the lakers beat the new orleans pelicans in new orleans 122 to 114 lebron played 36 minutes shot 14 of 21 from the field on the other side the youngster zion williamson did hold his own 35 points 
seven rebounds and six turnovers. The one blemish on his line, 12 of 16 from the field, 11 of 13 from the free throw line. Christoph Porzingis turned in a great game for the Dallas Mavericks as well. 38 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, and five blocks for the big man in a 111-91 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. It is finally March, and college basketball will start to crown conference and tournament champs as we head towards Selection Sunday. Number 8, Kentucky held off Auburn for, to clinch the SEC title. In the NFL, the Cincinnati Inquirer reports the Bengals plan to franchise tag free agent A.J. Green if a long-term deal isn't reached. Long-term talks have stalled with Green due to CBA negotiations. According to the Athletics' Paul Denaire, the Bears have, quote, been in touch with the Bengals about acquiring Andy Dalton. ESPN's Boston's Mike Reese believes, quote, nothing has definitively changed regarding Tom Brady's future with the Pats. And in Major League Baseball, Royal starter Jacob Junis won't make his schedule start Tuesday due to a minor lo- a minor lower back strain. The Royals are saying this is not an issue and this is simply precautionary. And A starter Jesus Lazardo recorded three strikeouts over three scoreless frames in a Cactus League start versus an Indian split squad on Sunday. I'm Dan Strapper and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Dan, appreciate it very much. And uh, like you said, we're in March, guys. I mean, any which way you cut it. We had an extra day there, a little leap year. So uh, that was a little fun, extending the drama. But here we are, March 2nd. And we know March 15th, just around the corner, that will be Selection Sunday. We'll have a couple of play-in games. Uh, Craziness will ensue. And then we will be, uh, I mean, let's face it, knee-deep into brackets, bracket challenges, office pulls. That crazy woman, uh, you know, Phyllis in accounting with the pencil in her hair is handing out bracket sheets. It's just, it's total pandemonium. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But let us not forget, a lot of jockeying for position in the NBA. And certainly last night uh, was something we were looking forward to from earlier in the week, Jared, when it was the king, LeBron, going up against Zion. Now, for most of this day, the Lakers were about yesterday, about a point, a point and a half favorite. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it announced that Anthony Davis wasn't going to play. And then, oh, boy, Anthony Davis is not playing. So let's let's flip-flop. And all of a sudden all the love came to New Orleans. And by the time that tipped off, New Orleans was uh, was a favorite by a point or a point and a half. And, listen, Zion is amazing. Um, they don't have Redick. He's got a hamstring injury. So now he's out a couple of weeks. Uh, and LeBron just decided to take the damn game over again. And when he does that, it's another reminder that, again, he knows when the cameras are on, guys. Much like he did in L.A., he did yesterday with New Orleans. Lakers are 6-2 and two without Anthony Davis in the lineup. Um, they are rolling and cruising on just about every cylinder. And we're starting to see LeBron ratchet it up a little bit here, kind of really start imposing his will, even on, you know, guys like uh, Zion there. And he's... They're sending a message uh, to the rest of the league is uh, you better wake up here because the Lakers do not have a problem winning games on the road either. And they were pretty darn impressive last night in that game against uh, New Orleans that they came back and they eventually, LeBron, eventually won in the end. 25 and 6, the Lakers are uh, on the road this season. I was very impressed with what we saw from LeBron James last night. Uh, The assist prop, anytime it's in single digits, guys, you play it. It's a blind play. The guy's averaging 10.5 assists per game. It was 9.5 last night. It went down after we found out that Anthony Davis was not going to play. It did not matter. He had 13 assists, and he had a triple-double. All of the LeBron props cashed last night. All of the Zion props cashed. 
And, Joe, that's my big takeaway from this. And I think New Orleans is still a, a significant, you know, step or two behind L.A. If they were to face each other in a seven-game series, maybe the Pelicans would win a game or two. But the Lakers would comfortably win that series. I think it would be more for aesthetics that the NBA would want that first-round playoff series because of all of the buzz surrounding Zion. And that was a fun little sequence last night. Zion had this monster dunk. And then LeBron was like, nah, kid. And he had this like 30 foot three, like a Steph Curry three to kind of right. answer. And it was fun to kind of see the ping pong game between those two stars. And, and, and I'll put Zion in the star category. This kid's going to be an absolute stud, and I think the Pelicans have have a major uh, roster, uh, you know, talent gap that they are going to have filled over the next few weeks. They they, they certainly missed J.J. Redick last night. They only made seven three-pointers. I think that's why they really lost the game. They did not shoot the ball well from three. The Lakers could have been had defensively last night. Usually the Lakers are a lockdown defensive team, and they did hold the Pelicans to just 19 points in the fourth quarter but they still gave up 114 in the game. So the Lakers obviously, you know, were like, okay, you know, the, the, the game in Memphis the other night, that was just a little bit of, a, of an anomaly, and they came out really firing on all cylinders last night. They're obviously the best team in the NBA, Joe, and, or at least the best team in the Western Conference, and it's going to be fun to kind of see them cement this position. They're going to be the one seed, and everything else will filter down from there. Yep, chalky uh, NBA favorites last night, six and one straight up, only four and three against the number. Lakers, of course, as uh, as a point and a half dog, plus one hundred five on the money line. They cash, uh, but uh, you had the Hornets too, getting thirteen and a half versus the Bucks. Gave them everything they could handle, and this game was just off the charts, guys. This seventy sixers Clippers <laughs> game, two hundred and sixty six damn points. Like, are you kidding me with this? Now, of course, no Simmons, no Embiid. A 13-and-a-half-point line seemed a little bit of an overreaction anyway. There was always value in that game going with the Sixers, um, even 14 in a lot of books. It wasn't that you thought the Sixers were going to win. It was, you know, were they going to be able to keep it within two touchdowns? And they gave the Clippers, where's the defense? Mm. I'm sorry. I know Philadelphia don't play defense, but Clippers, on your own home court, Without Embiid, without Simmons, you know, you got Milton. Well, you know, I mean, like seriously, shake, what, rattle, what and roll, happened? baby. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't get it. Uh, the Clippers, <laughs> listen, they won. It, it's a great week for them, four and zero. You know, they're starting to put some things together, finally, fully healthy. But my word, dude, that was just that was absurd. That game. Yeah, wins a win, and 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 yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly they took they took the Sixers very lightly. There was not much defense played in that game. I watched that game. We gave out, Ariel and I gave out the Shake Milton 12-and-a-half point prop, and that right. hit in, like, the first quarter. Uh, and and it, it was funny because we, we were both kind of torn on the spread. I, I said that it was too many points, but I can't get to the window with the Sixers. And, you know, I think that was the right call. The Sixers mm-hmm. covered but didn't win. You know, like, I, I, obviously, right. if, if, if you bet on the Sixers, you, you did win. But I, I just think betting on Philly with, with, without this, uh, you know, they're two big players, it's going to be very volatile. You're not yes, going to go on a consistent is. winning streak betting them against yep. the number uh, without these two guys. They're going to have nights where they make a lot of threes like they did last night, and they cover yep. these big numbers, and they're going to have nights where they just aren't a good shooting team because, let's be real, they're not a good shooting yep. team, and they're going to miss all these threes, and they're going to lose by 30. So just be careful about you know playing on the Sixers down the stretch based on this result. Big uh, win by the Nuggets. Uh, Pistons yeah. almost pull it out. More on the NBA plus a look uh, at the college hoops game. We'll do that next on the grid.
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Monday, welcome back into the grid. Joe and Ari alongside Jared Smith here on the morning line as we uh, do our best to recap uh, what we witnessed over the weekend in college basketball. We told you we're in the home stretch here, so that means just about every game that you will have seen over this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, certainly uh, had ramifications. A lot of bubble teams this year, a lot of teams that are trying to jockey for position in, in conference tournaments trying to set themselves up here for a shot at the big dance. Of course, March 15th, Selection Sunday, and we'll all dive into our brackets and everything else. But we've got, well, we've got a lot of basketball between now and March 15th, and a lot of what happens from now until then is going to help determine the fate of some of these programs. And when you look at what happened on Saturday, Saturday was a huge, huge income day profiting day for those contrarians going against the grain. Uh, if you wanted to just fade the public, uh, if you're that kind of better, if you go contrarian, it was all about you on Saturday is when you look just at the top 25 teams, just actually in the, in the most heavily bet games alone, the, the games with the biggest handle on Saturday, the unpopular play covered or won outright in seven out of those 10. So there alone tells you everything you need to know about what kind of day Saturday was. You had Virginia winning, Michigan State upsetting Maryland. Uh, you actually only had, now this game was on the road. This was in Maryland, a place that they don't often lose. And you're talking about less than a third of the bets backing Michigan State in that game. And all of a sudden, boom, at the end of that game, people who backed Maryland are scratching their heads going, what the hell just ran us over? Well, what ran you over is that is that team everyone kept saying all over the last two months is that anybody who stuck a fork in Michigan State, you are you, you haven't been paying attention to Izzo, that program, and what this team does each and every year, is they figure it out right up until the end. Conference tournament comes. They usually win it, or they're right there in the final, and then they catapult that kind of momentum into winning uh, you know, five or six more games in the tournament. And too much experience. Too many people on Michigan State to ignore them, and I do think that coming out party, that announcement to the uh, to the rest of college basketball was um, Michigan State is here, and oh yeah, Duke, not the same team, guys, that we keep thinking. Everyone's put Duke into that box where it's, it's Duke, they'll always be there. Eh, Virginia showed you that um, Duke is not the Duke of old. That's a big win for Virginia in a defensive matchup, in a slugfest, really. Virginia needed it. Virginia got the win, and that's what makes Virginia moving forward that big a problem for a lot of others in the ACC because defense travels, Jared, and they've mm. got it better than any. But they can beat you anywhere, anytime. Virginia, they're not going anywhere either. Well, Virginia's the champs, Joe, so until you yep. beat the champs, Yep. They're the champs, and I know it's not exactly a 
a very sexy lineup for this Virginia team. They're not going to win a lot of dunk contests. They're not going to win a lot of three-point shooting contests. But they will win a lot of defensive, grinded-out games. And when you get to March, guess what kind of games you play? Defensive, grinded-out games. Now, I want to go back to Michigan State for a second because I, I am convinced, and I looked at the odds board this morning, and they are still, right now, the 12th team down on the odds board on FanDuel Sportsbook. And for you and me, we've been doing this a long time. You've been doing it longer than me. But I've been betting on college basketball for quite some time. I don't remember in my recent memory betting on college hoops a team with the pedigree of Michigan State at this stage in the season we are in March right now mm-hmm. yep for a team like that with a player like Cassius Winston and with a player like Xavier Tillman and with a coach like Tom Izzo you're talking about Florida State San Diego State Oregon Kentucky Maryland Dayton Duke all ahead of Michigan State on the odds board Total mis total miscalculation of where Michigan State deserves to be. You I compare Michigan State to Kansas. Elite coach, elite point guard, elite big man. Kansas is right now considered the odds on favorite to win the national title. I don't see much difference between Michigan State and Kansas in terms of the talent level, in terms of the pedigree, in terms of their experience in big games. Yet Michigan State is priced way further down the odds board than Kansas. And I'm telling you, that gap's going to be a lot closer when we get to the first round of the NCAA tournament. So what I'm trying to say is go run to the window right now and put some money on Michigan State Futures. You will get a lot of closing line value, and odds are you will get a chance to either hedge out of that or you'll just be an outright winner because this Michigan State team with Winston at the helm has shown me a lot over the last couple of weeks. This is a very dangerous team come March 18th. It absolutely is. And, and, you know, this weekend was all about situations for teams and uh, what was on the line. Some teams, we had told you on Friday, some teams uh, and conferences playing for nothing. They've already locked in their seat. They can't do any better. They can't do any worse. You don't know exactly how motivated some teams are going to be to get there. And I can tell you, um, you know, watching that Clemson-Florida State game, you know, you only had one less than a quarter of the bets uh, were brave enough to take the points and back Clemson in that game. And uh, Clemson, Conference play, second time around, it's always very dangerous when you get to this point. Florida State's vision goes way beyond a game against Clemson here as the ACC uh, regular season winds down. They've got bigger fish to fry. Clemson, this is, Clemson needs every win they can to give themselves a shot. Obviously, beating Florida State meant more to Clemson than it did to Florida State. And boom, you got to see the results of what that happened there. Big win by Clemson. Uh, big win by Providence taking down. Yeah, Illinois that was an under-the-radar win there, Joe. Seven Providence is dangerous. Points. Oh, my word. Kansas State uh, also hung tough with Kansas. But again, Kansas is, you know, what is Kansas playing for? They won the game. They don't need to win by 20. Yeah. You talked about experience and pedigree. They know. They know the score. And Baylor is trying to figure it out. Like Baylor goes into that uh, goes into that game against TCU. Uh, we talk about an inflated line, seven and a half to nine and a half, mm. just before tip off. There, the money on Baylor kept coming in. Now, TCU has been pretty pathetic here. Don't get me wrong, but again, some teams have everything in the world to beat Baylor. On yeah, your exactly. That's their Super Bowl. That's Jamie Dixon's Super Bowl. Exactly, and it was, and they won, and they did a great job. So and their 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 reward to, is they get Kansas on Wednesday. 
in at Allen Fieldhouse. Congratulations, yeah, congratulations, guys. Good luck yeah, with that. No, you enjoy. <laughs> but you did have some, of course, some uh, some chalk that that ended up uh, winning there. So it wasn't all bad for the public betters on Saturday. Kentucky uh, beating Auburn Ooh. and covering Early. Iowa, taking down Penn State, yeah. another team that really had already solidified their position in the tournament. How about UCLA taking mm. all? Uh, you know, getting points by the way, which is a very the late night degenerate special there. If you were hanging out uh, Saturday night trying to make your money back, uh, UCLA was just sitting there with a plus number next to him for most of the day, and they end up uh, taking down Arizona 69 to 64. Uh, that was to me UCLA is another one of these teams. We talked about them last week. They're getting rolling right at the right time. I don't know anybody that wants to all of a sudden get in front of. You're talking about a team three months of nothing but disappointment, and then all of a sudden McCronin. And that t- he makes some adjustments. They they alter the way they go about things. There are some basketball players on that team. It is an amazing job what they've done there. Congratulations to UCLA. Love that they're relevant again, and they are relevant certainly in the uh, in the Pac-12. Yeah, and a big win uh, for Stanford uh, last mm-hmm. night against Colorado. Yep. Uh, the Pac-12. I, I I'm still. I'm not sold on the Pac-12 being a conference that can make some noise in the NCAA tournament. I think Oregon's an intriguing handicap. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, you mentioned UCLA. We're going to have Arizona in the field as well. I think USC will also get in. So I think you'll get four teams in from the Pac-12. And, you know, there's one of those teams that maybe can make a run. Colorado's shown me a little bit this year, but they've kind of fallen off of late. So I guess they would actually be the fifth team that would get in. But to me, I think it's Oregon is the best team in that Pac-12 conference, and everyone else is kind of just jockeying for position. I think Arizona State's an intriguing handicap. They've got a little bit of depth as well. That Pac-12 tournament will be interesting. I'll be keeping an eye on it just because I do think that there's one or two of these teams. They're going to yep. be seeded really low, Joe. You're not going to have a lot of Pac-12 teams as single-digit seeds. I mean, they're mostly yep. going to be 10, 11, or 12s because of the strength of that conference this season. So there's a chance that one of those Pac-12 teams gets into a 5-12 game or a 6-11 game against you know an opponent that's a little bit more undersized and maybe not as athletic because you know the, the Pac-12 is still a very elite conference. They get yep. elite athletes. They just yep. haven't put it all together from a consistency standpoint this season. Top to bottom, it's not as deep as some of the other conferences. Like, I'll give you a great example. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the bracketology right now, and I see UCLA as a 12 seed in the yep. five against Auburn. Very that's an That's an interesting matchup, right? You know, I mean, yep. I, I, I'm not going to say that Auburn would even be favored in that game, to be perfectly that's honest. Correct. So, yep. I, you know, I think the, the, the Pac-12 matchups – will be very interesting when we get to March because we haven't seen a lot of this conference on the national stage this year. Most of the games are late. They don't have any elite teams, but there will be one or two teams. I think Oregon is that team, or Arizona State, maybe, maybe UCLA, that can win one or two games, make it to the Sweet 16, and bust up somebody's bracket. There's going to be a lot of value on some key. USC, UCLA, undervalued in the market all the way, and they're doing quietly. They're, They're going about their business here over the last, uh, 30 days, and and they are taking care of what they need to take care of in order to solidify their self. And, you know, as a 10, 11, or 12 seed, teams like UCLA and USC, they're going yeah. to do some damage. I see USC against Ohio State right now in a 6-11 yeah. matchup. I mean, yeah. that, I mean like, those are athlete-wise, those teams are the same. I think Ohio State's more polished, and Ohio yep. State's another intriguing handicap as well, as, as they played really well last night uh, and yep. got a big win. I, I think, but I do think the Pac-12. You're right. I think the the double-digit seeds, just because there's a double-digit next to the seed name, does not mean as that team deserves to be a, a massive underdog against the single-digit seeds. Those six, eleven, five, twelve games, 
as we've seen, those are toss-up games. You know, those games yep. could go either way. Yep. Ohio State covers as a four-point home favorite against uh, Michigan. Big battle there. They're starting to put it together. St. John's routes Creighton. Uh, not a lot of people saw that coming up yesterday. Houston beat Cincinnati in the most absurd of ways. You mentioned Stanford, yeah. Louisville, uh, Virginia Tech. Like, there is a lot of those games yesterday that some folks are just still scratching their head over. But we're not done. we got a lot more between tonight and when the conference championships start tomorrow. We'll take a look. We'll do that coming up next year on The Grid. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. So we got a couple of a uh, couple of top 25 teams going at it tonight in college hoops uh, coming off of that weekend where it was uh, it was crazy with the top 25 teams 310 and one against the number on Saturday. They were four and one yesterday against the number little chalky yesterday. But of course, Saturday was uh, a lot of those teams against the number got upended. And tonight, one of those teams that got up ended, of course, uh, number seven, Duke, taking on NC State in a battle of two teams uh, that met back on February 19th. And if you recall, that was the sky is falling Uh, in NC State. You had a Duke team that looked like they wanted to be anywhere and everywhere other than playing in that particular game. And it was an embarrassment, a beatdown of epic proportions, a kind of loss that Duke does not ever see. Uh, It's been years, I believe. It was one of the uh, worst losses that uh, Coach K has had in a long, long time. 88 to 66 was that score, guys. And uh, Coach K is coming off another loss now against Virginia, 52 to 50. Trey Jones can't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Um, They've got a problem. In the meantime, NC State, 5-1 against the number in the last six on the road against teams that actually have winning percentages above 500. So, NC State getting it done here over the last month. Now they got to travel to Cameron Indoor. It's a totally different animal. We get that. Revenge factor uh, has got to be on the mind of uh, those Duke kids. But you're talking another one of these huge numbers here right now. You know, 13, 13 and a half, 14, 12. It's, uh, have we not learned our lesson at this particular point? I mean, this is a tough handicap tonight because I think your mind wants to say, well, NC State just beat this team by 20 or whatever it was, 22. Uh, How could we lay 13 with Duke? And ironically enough, Duke is actually the contrarian pick tonight. Uh, As crazy as that sounds, that doesn't mean I'm going to get to the window with the Blue Devils because that is a massive line and we have not seen Duke defend that Virginia game aside, granted, Virginia doesn't run much offense to begin with, so so Duke just kind of had to stand there and, and be big, and, and they could defend Virginia. Uh, this is a very unique Duke team. Numbers-wise, Joe, this Duke team looks like it normally would. Top 10 offense, top 10 defense, top 10 ranking. You know, they probably won't be in the top 10 uh, after the rankings get released today, but... You know, it, it on paper, like if you just like fell out of a, you know, fell out of the sky and picked up the newspaper and you saw Duke's statistics, you're like, oh, well, 
you know, this is a pretty classic Duke team. They've got the big guard. They've got the big center. They've got the good coach. But they don't have a lot of good wins this year. They haven't Ooh. played that well in the big games. And they just seem to understand or not understand, you know, ball movement and, and, and the way that the ball is flowing. I mean, they went totally stagnant in the last five minutes of that Virginia game on Saturday. And, I, you know, Trey Jones, I, I don't know what happened. Is it like Space Jam? Like someone sucked out his, mm-hmm. uh, his talent? Like I, I yep. just I, I'm I'm struggling really hard with backing this Duke team, and they're on paper. Like I said, on paper, this Duke team checks all the boxes for me: balance, yep. experience, pedigree. But I, there's nothing special about them. I actually liken them to Maryland in a sense, and it's ironic that they both were used to be in the same conference and used to be big rivals. Maryland has all the talent, all the experience, all the great play. But there's just something about them in a big spot. I just don't trust them. They don't put 40 minutes together. They play these, you know, disjointed, you know, stretches where they just totally go into a lapse. We saw that with Maryland last night where Michigan State, or uh, two nights ago, Michigan State was just, you know, there were moments in that game where Maryland just looked like they weren't even on the floor. And, and that's what happens with Duke sometimes. I mean, this is a team that gave up 110 to Wake. They gave up 88 to NC State. Big game for the Wolfpack tonight. Wolfpack are on the bubble. If if NC State finds a way to win this game somehow in Cameron, I would say NC State's punched their ticket for the tournament, but that's going to be a very tough environment at Cameron Indoor, and the Dukies are going to be fired up. If I had to play this game, I'm going to pass, but if I had to play this game, I I think I would back Duke. It's interesting, too, because uh, to your point, they have not been good. They have not been good against really good teams as well. Not only are they 2-6 and against the number – in their last eight overall guys, but they're two and five against the number in the last seven against opponents who have winning percentages over 600. They are not getting the job done. Now, listen, Virginia is a team, just whatever the score was thrown out, the 50 points there thrown out. Virginia is a different animal, especially at home. It's don't compare Virginia and do and whatever happens in those games to anybody else. Cause the reality is Duke can score points, uh, and Duke's opponents have scored some points against them as well. But to me, I love this NC State team. Four different guys in double-digit figures. C.J. Bryce, Markel Johnson. I, If I'm going to play this game, guys, I'm looking at the over uh, mm. at 151.5, guys. The over is 5-2 and two in North Carolina State's uh, last seven overall. 6-1 and one in the last seven following a win. It's also... 20 and 8 in the uh in Duke's last 28 overall. I don't see why either one of these two teams will have a problem scoring points against one another. And listen, they did a great job. They did exactly what we kind of thought they were going to do anyway against that Duke team earlier on the road. And by the way, the road team has been pretty good, 5 and 2 in the last 7 in this series between these guys. So, uh to me, give me the over. I think saying that this ends up in the 80s I don't, uh, at least for one team, I don't think that's uh, far-fetched. No, and, and and you know, Duke, if, if, there's a, if there's a nail to be hammered down tonight, Duke yes. will not hesitate. They yes. will not hesitate to drop 100 on this NC State team. And, you know, interest, and, and I, I like what the ACC did this year. They gave Duke their two Carolina rivals to close the season, NC State and yep. North Carolina, obviously North Carolina yep. being the bigger of the two rivals. Uh, but, you know, this Duke-NC State rivalry still has a little bit of juice, especially if you go back to the days of Valvano and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we get to see these two games to close the season in the ACC. I think North Carolina might be in for a tough game on Saturday night at Cameron as well. And I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. And again, I know Duke struggled this season. I just wouldn't be surprised if you saw them play well this week. 
they this is a buy low spot for Duke, as crazy as that mm-hmm. sounds. The line is moving against them. So this is a buy low spot for Duke that, you know, as a 13-point favorite, it still is a buy low spot. It's a contrarian spot. I like your overplay a lot because I think Duke would not hesitate at all to drop 100 tonight nope. if they can. And I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Duke reel it back in. Now, that doesn't mean I think that they're a tournament contender. I think they're like one fry short of a Happy Meal this season. But I, I, I do think Duke still, the talent is still there. The talent is there. And I think if they get an opportunity to hammer in their rivals this week in NC State and North Carolina, I could see them playing up for these two games. I see this 85, 70 guys, 72, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark there. And at that particular case, you're over the 151. I think the value is in the total, picking a side and expecting them to win by two touchdowns. Agreed. You know, anything can happen. They're just not playing well enough in order to be able to say that. Now, in the other game, it's uh, Big 12 here tonight when you've got two ranked teams, number 22, Texas Tech, taking on uh, number two, Baylor, at least for the time being. We know Kansas 14 and one in the Big 12. There's everyone's trying to catch them. Baylor now 14 and two in the conference. And then you got to look all the way down. You know, when you start getting to, oh yeah, there's Texas Tech. They're nine and seven in the conference, and they're in third place. So it's been Kansas. It's been Baylor all year long. And now Baylor, coming off of that loss to uh, TCU, has got a Texas Tech Raiders team that they've got to get by here. The line is about eight right now. Baylor will be laying eight. They are at home in Waco, Texas Tech. Uh, it kind of been up and down. Nine and seven tells you everything you need to know about what Texas Tech's been about. They, too, though, a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of JUCO transfers, Chris Beard, very good coach. These are the kinds of games that uh, you've got to be able to put your foot down if you're Texas Tech and be able to get over the hump here heading into the uh, tournament because this year you spent a lot more time than usual trying to figure it all out. Yeah, and the big problem for Texas Tech this year is they're just so young. I mean, they're a very talented team, and they're a very talented defense. They've still got the Moretti kid who was in the national championship game last year, hit Mm -hmm. those big shots. But this is a very young, freshman-laden Texas Tech team. And what is a very normal thing that we see out of freshmen at this stage in the year? They're just they're, they're not at playing at that peak level. It takes level. them a while. It takes yep. them, yeah. It, it's just you know they're not used to playing this long of a season. We see this. We're seeing the same thing in the NBA right now with some of the young rookies, John Morant being yep. the, the big one, where he's been exerting max effort for sixty games, and that's like two college seasons. So yep. these freshmen that used to playing high school ball last year that are used to playing 15, 20 games, now we're into game thirty. And it's just, you know, you just don't have that same oomph. So Texas Tech's been struggling. They've lost two in a row. They've lost three of their last five. The last two losses were were pretty tough. Oklahoma yeah. and Texas. I mean, those are, you know, bubble teams at best. Texas is out. You know, I would say Oklahoma's a bubble team. Uh, yeah. So, and, and, and Texas Tech, guess what? There are two games to close the season at Baylor, mm-hmm. home against Kansas. So it doesn't get yeah. any easier. There's a legitimate shot they could lose four straight to close the season, which means they would be on the bubble a little bit. Right now, yeah. Lenardi's got him as a nine seed against Florida, which would be a fascinating game because Florida likes to run and play offense, and Texas Tech likes to slow it down and defend. So interesting matchup there, but you know, I, I don't know if we're going to get to that point because I think Texas Tech has a lot of meat left on the bone uh, over these next couple of weeks. They need to string a couple of wins together or else they could be on the bubble. Baylor beat them uh, at Texas Tech. They beat them uh, back in January, 57 to 50. So you didn't get a lot of points. The total uh, hovering around the 129, 129 and a half mark. But Texas Tech, one and four against the number in the last five overall. Uh, coming off a loss like they are, they have yeah. not been good either. They're not this great rebounding against, uh, you know, they rebound off of that loss with a, 
against the number win. They're 6-19-1 against the number in the last 26 coming off a loss. So sometimes when it snowballs, at least against the number, they haven't really, not like Duke has after a loss, come back. Their winning percentage the next game against the number is just astronomical. That's not what you got with Texas Tech. I do anticipate Baylor suffocating defense, Texas Tech, Crispy, they they pride themselves on defense, which is why they went toe-to-toe with Virginia last year. This is a really tough matchup um, for Texas Tech in this spot, but these kids, they got to put it together. And you mentioned the freshmen. One of the biggest and easiest ways uh, to look at a team's freshman-laden ability is look how many turnovers they yeah. average a game. Texas Tech averaging almost 14 per game. That tells you everything you need to know about how young they are, because that's not how Chris Beard rolls. But when you're a freshman at 18, kind of tough not turning the ball over. They'll figure it out. We'll give us uh, we'll give a pick on this. We'll take a look at the NBA games on the slate. We'll do that coming up next year on the grid. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. to uh, Massachusetts looks like uh, on Friday they finally got that bill uh, to pass that will of course uh, bring uh, mobile betting uh, to the uh, reality to the forefront there another state there of course in the New England area uh, going ahead and investing and of course taking advantage of the opportunity yeah taking advantage of the opportunity provided for them with let's face uh, they are anticipating Uh, anywhere between 20 to 25 million in tax revenue for the state each year. And yeah, where else are you going to get that uh, if you ain't getting it uh, there? And that would mean, yeah, yeah, nowhere else. Or you'd have to tax the people to the ground where they don't want to come. Or a plastic bag tax. So New York City's fine with putting that in place today. I had to pay 10 cents today for my plastic bag. Yes. But But, we can't get mobile wagering. Yeah, you don't want an app to uh, to get people to be able to do what they're doing anyway, which of course is uh, big, uh, which of course is you know betting anyway. Okay, I'll just but, keep uh, giving my business to Jersey. Ah, uh, Pennsylvania guys, Phil. I mean, go down the line; it makes absolutely zero sense. But congratulations, of course, uh, to UMass and uh, those residents in what is, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. You're talking about one of the biggest sports towns, guys, fanatical sports towns in the entire country, man, between the Celtics, the Red Sox, the Patriots, the Bru- I mean, you've got, you got some serious fans there that uh, I am sure lay some serious action, would love nothing more than to be able to have it uh, legalized. So that's a windfall for them. Hopefully New York uh, gets past the red tape and gets it done. And, you know, who knows, if you're in a state right now where it is legal, you've got an opportunity tonight to hear in this Texas Tech-Baylor game uh, to be able to lay some action. And I'm looking at, you know, it's another total game that I'm looking at saying this has got 
I don't know how either of these two teams here tonight. I mean, you got Duke. We talked about that. We love the over in that one. But Baylor, uh, 129 and a half. I don't know that either of these two teams. We have, a, what, 57 to 50, somewhere along those lines the first time around. I don't know that either of these teams are going to get into the 130s, much less 140. I think there's some value uh, on the under in this one. I agree. 61 is the team total for Texas Tech. They haven't scored 61 in their last two games against Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. And I, I don't see Texas or Oklahoma's defense being better than Baylor's defense. And Baylor's coming off a loss. They're going to look to really grind. And Baylor's coming off a loss. You know, if you, excuse me, if you look at the, the TCU offensive numbers in that game, that was one of the best offensive games against Baylor, like, all season. Yeah, well, I, I can absolutely. see Baylor really clamping down defensively tonight. Uh, I would take a hard look at the under, first half under, Texas Tech team total under 61. I think those are the ways to play this game tonight. Yeah, under 9-3 and three in the last uh, 12 at home for Baylor, 11-1 and one in their last 12 against, again, teams with a winning percentage over 600, meaning the better teams in the conference. So they've uh, it's been hard to score on both of these teams. That's what they pride themselves on. Very long, very athletic teams going out, getting them. And the problem with, uh, of course, Texas Tech, youth and turnovers, those two things usually go hand in hand. And when you look at uh, the NBA here tonight, uh, looking at the card and some of the games that we've got going, I, it's an interesting night, uh, to say the least, when you look at Jazz Cavs, Houston at the Knicks, Bucks Heat, Portland taking on Orlando, Memphis Ugh. versus Atlanta, Mavs, Bulls, Pacers, Spurs. And kind of a weak card there, Joe. You know what it is? is and <laughs> I look at these and I'm going, there's a lot of good teams, you know, above average yeah. teams taking on below average teams. But below average teams on a Monday night tend to have absolutely nothing to lose. And this is where sometimes you catch teams like the Jazz, who we've caught a lot lately. Uh, the Jazz in the, um, you know, in Houston where... Maybe just now we know Houston does not do well against the Knicks for whatever reason. The Knicks have owned. Is them that a thing? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, against the number, absolutely. Usually, it's because Houston's so overvalued, and the Knicks. Nobody really gives the Knicks any credit, but to the Knicks, um, you know, to the Knicks' credit, they cover numbers against Houston. But again, a situation where the small ball really starting to come into play for Houston. This is going to be a big number, and we get it, guys. It is the Knicks, after all, we're talking about. Uh, but the truth is, it's another spot where the public's going to go Houston here, oh, guys. Yeah. I, can, I can assure you the public is going to bet Houston. You're looking at eight and a half, nine points. Yeah, they just played, I think. Uh, they played last week. They played last week. The Rockets won by 11. The spread was 12. And exactly. something to keep in mind here, too. So the Rockets coming off that big win in Boston. And they played that game Saturday night. Yep. And now you you hang out in Boston maybe for a night. Then you go to New York for a night. It's the weekend. Then you've got a Monday game at the Garden. It's cold outside. I, I could totally see the Rockets laying an egg tonight at the Garden and still winning the game by five and not covering. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think in general, though, Houston has been a very much play-on team of late. And okay. I'm very intrigued with this small ball lineup. In fact, I think the Rockets have a little bit of juice at 7-1 to one to win the West just because of they could be in that Western Conference final. I could see them beating the Clippers in a seven-game series with this lineup. And, yes. and so if you get me a 7-1 to one team in the West final, well, that mm -hmm. gives me a lot of wiggle room there. 
Yes. So I, I, I think the Rockets are an intriguing handicap over the last month, month and a half of the season. I think they finally figured, I think they finally said to themselves, it's like the emoji with their hands up, like, all right, this is what we are. Like, we're a 6, 7, and below team that's going to shoot a jack, jack up a bunch of threes. If they go in, we're going to win. If they don't go in, we're going to lose by 20. And I think they're like, all right, we're okay with that now. Let's just go with it. And they shipped Capella out of town. Covington's right. been really good for them. Obviously, you know what you're getting with Westbrook and Harden. What, it, what it's done for this team, Joe, it's taken Capella out of the middle, and it's made Westbrook kind of that, like, little... The, the, the queen on the chessboard who can kind of go anywhere in, in the paint right. outside and Harden still does what he does. It, it, it's like they've really figured it out. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's a long-term solution, but for this season, over the last month and in the playoffs, I think they can create some noise. Uh, but this is one of those games tonight where you could totally see them laying an egg and giving up like 140 points because they just don't defend. And they... <laughs> Exactly correct. So we still don't, don't, don't know who uh, who's playing, who's not yeah. playing. There might be a load man. Who knows here? But uh, the Knicks, again, in this spot have done well against this particular team. Uh, the Utah Jazz, I mean, Cleveland, Oof. let's face it, they get rid of Beeline right after the All-Star break. Cleveland is winning games and keeping games close that we're all scratching our head going, really? Yeah. Uh, did, did not see that coming. And the style has changed. Everything has changed, uh, the demeanor. Do not... Look at Cleveland like you did pre-All-Star game and shake your head and laugh at them. There's nothing to be laughed at here. They are a team here that will absolutely outshoot you and catch you sleeping uh, against them. And they've done that a couple of times now already over the last two weeks. It's in Cleveland. It's at home in the Jazz. I don't know what to say. I mean, they beat the Washington Wizards over the weekend in their last game. Yeah, Yeah. They haven't covered since before the All-Star break, Joe. This is tough, man. This is don't sleep on Cleveland. No, and Cleveland's 3-0-1 ATS over their last four. Colin Sexton's playing really well. We finally saw Andre Drummond come back the other day. I mean, I I definitely can't lay. I mean, you're basically laying double digits on the road with the Jazz. I mean, I can't can't do that. I can't do that at this stage in the season. I'm not saying I'm running to the window to to put my hard-earned money uh, on the Cleveland Cavaliers, but if you were going to ask me to pick this game and actually put money on it, I absolutely would take the Cavs. Like, not even – it's not even a question. The Jazz defense, guys, just to give you an idea, over the last five games, giving up almost 120 points per game. That is brutal, guys. That is absolutely brutal. Not to mention the underdog in this series between these two teams is 5-1 and one against the number mm. in the last six. So the Cavs got, to me, plenty of value at that 8-8.5 yeah. number. And I think that neither of these two teams is going to play a lot of defense. And I don't think all of a sudden you, you know, Utah is going to turn it on on the road against Cleveland and all of a sudden be shut down. So... To me, I, I got no problem looking at the over in this one, too. It's kind of a low number, 219 points. Yeah, very low, actually. Two teens. Yep. Two teens is like a low number these days. Anything yeah, that's below 210 is almost like these teams can't even play offense. Right. Two teens is like, all right, that's like the, the, yep. the average to middle of the road, and then anything in the 220s or higher, that's when you start getting up there. But it's funny because I remember when like 198 was like a normal number in the NBA, Joe. I- I think they're going to be the tempo is going to be out of control here tonight, guys. Yeah. Neither team is going to want to play defense and and kick that up on a Monday night to, on the road. And with you, yeah. no, it's not. They're giving up 120 a game over the last five for a reason. They're trying to figure some things out. And usually, what happens is the worse they shoot, the the worse the defense gets because they're only now. There's a not a lot of both ways being played on either of these two teams. 
And we've seen Cleveland's success has been going up tempo, allowing Sexton and everyone else to go in there and get the job done. So to me, at, at one two nineteen, I think the over has got a lot of yeah, value. Reasonable here. By the price. Way, Thirteen and four to the over in Cleveland's last seventeen at home. Eight and two to Utah's uh, last ten road games. Eight out of those ten have gone to the over. So expect some points. I would not expect a lot of defense in in this one. But Cleveland, they got some value here. People don't keep looking at Cleveland as the you know. Granted, they are the Cavaliers, but they haven't quit. And I find it fascinating at this point that the coach steps down. I think they're trying to send a message too as well that we weren't the problem. Totally agree. And and I think at this stage in the NBA season, Joe. We talk about this all the time with how sharp these lines are. You know what yep. lines aren't sharp? The crappy teams because the books yep. don't pay, sure. pay as much attention to them and they are undervaluing right. them, especially when they're facing teams like Utah that have been more of a public darling this season, yep. You know, especially during that long winning streak. And those are the teams we look to play on in the final month of the season. Now, you're going to find some decent numbers in other spots, but to me, those are the teams, the Clevelands, yep. the Knicks, you know, the maybe throw the Bulls. Pelicans in there. Yeah, the yeah. Bulls. You know, the, I guess the Pelicans not so as much anymore because of Zion. But, you know, before Zion came back, the Pelicans went on this crazy run and they were covering numbers left and right. And mm. and, and that's what you look for at this stage in the year. Where am I going to find some value with these numbers? Because they are pretty much, for the most part, spot on. Yep. Bucks miami huge game tonight. That's we'll the talk about game, that. Yeah. Maverick, Bulls. We'll get to cover it up with the rest of it coming up in hour number two here on the grid, sports grid. Happy Monday to Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount.